What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain Consciousness, mindset, health, relationship, business. Welcome to the Aubrey Marcus Podcast. Oh shit, everyone. <laughs> we just started a podcast. We're here with my man, the Golden Eagle. <laughs> Corey Allen, and for those of you who don't know why he's called the Golden Eagle, why are you called the Golden Eagle, Corey? Well, that's because apparently I was selected in the <laughs> spirit world to represent the Eagle people. The and Eagle over people? T- yeah. The Eagle Nation? <laughs> the Eagle Nation, and over time... It has nothing um, to do with Philadelphia. Settle down, everybody. Absolutely not. E-A-G-L-E-A-G-L-E-A-G-L-E-A-G-L-E-A-G-L-E-A-G-L-E-A-G-L-E-A-G-L-E-A-G-L-E-A-G-L-E-A-G-L-E-A-G-L-E-A-
you can look at it in a multitude of ways. I think it should be looked at in a multitude of ways. You know, one is you could say, well, it is a another layer of the multiverse which exists and can you know continuously along with what we understand as reality, but it is a whole other universe that is based upon energy, spirits, all that type of shit. Um, another way to look at it is that it is the matrix of your internal self. It is whenever you're in your meditation or whatever you know zone, however you're getting into that space, you're breaking through this membrane, going further into the matrix of your own mind, like down to the very most symbolic nature of your own consciousness and being able to access that. Um, which either one of those it is, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter. It could actually kind of be both it could be both absolutely you know, and that's the, that's the interesting thing like this this idea of the distinction between the external and the internal mm -hmm. universes being different exactly is, there is no distinction you know it kind of gets all fractal and weird and there's no dis okay. distinction yeah it gets real fractal <laughs> and real weird and so you know that uh, the important thing is is that when people get into that zone they get a little bit of that vision they start seeing some of that shit they think that, oh, I know a secret now. And that's one of the, you know, one of the many banana peels on the path of spirituality, uh, quote unquote, spirituality, mm -hmm. increasing your awareness and consciousness, et cetera. So you think, oh, well, I've got this knowledge now and now I'm badass because I can see this. I was like, no, you're not. Yeah. It's just there. It's like that's the same way as being just growing a new type of vision. That's like if you could see your world, if you look outside, and I'm a bad motherfucker. I could. I can see that tree out the window. You know, it's the <laughs> right. same ridiculousness. The important thing is, is that how, what you do with it. So you go into that space, regardless of what it is, it doesn't even matter. And you inquire, you know, and decode the symbols that come up in that to answer deeper questions about yourself and find deeper truths about you and become the more you that you can be. Yeah, it's a process of optimization. You know, it's, it's almost like as if light is communicating to you through these these quote visions mm -hmm. that you have you know but it's it's like light forming in symbolic ways that allow you to communicate with your your deepest truth yes or potentially as you said it could be this external thing where you're actually communicating with entities or it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. one way or the other you're getting actionable wisdom from it and then you're able to take that into your life and and clarify certain distinctions totally you know that are that are there it's you know it's entering in the psychedelic space obviously mm -hmm. most people wind up in this kind of especially in the dmt world you wind up in this visionary astral place sometimes it feels like you shoot through that into it even other interesting dimensional places but you know psychedelics are a reliable way to get there but meditation is also equally as reliable once you train that pattern yeah and once you get used to that and i think one of the common things that I see is people will start to have these visions, but they will lose the imagination and inquisitiveness mm -hmm. that can really change it from happening. You know, it's like they want it to be like a movie where the movie happens to them and everything is photorealistic. Right. And it's, you know, oftentimes you just see these images of things that aren't really moving. Like when I get into the astral and meditation or psychedelic space, whatever, I'll see an image of thing. Maybe it's a, the face of a dragon, let's say. And it's not like it, it plays the movie instantly. It's, right. it's like auto plays, uh -huh. like Facebook Live style. Like it's just <laughs> scrolling through your feed and like all you have to do is look. Like the dragon will just be chilling there. And then so you use your imagination to build that bridge, use mm -hmm. your curiosity, and then you go explore that and be like, all right, dragon thing, like what do you have to show me? And then through that, it starts to unfold and it starts to morph and <clears throat> eventually giving you some, hopefully some lesson or some wisdom or at least a puzzle that like, what yeah. the hell was that? What or was that or just a curious, yeah, a curious 
like linear narrative experience of imagery you know yeah i think that it, it's it's like playing a drum kit you know you can't you have to sort of operate a lot of independent moving pieces at once in order to get a good sound and a good flow because it just takes if you're just doing it through meditation you know it, it takes time to even get into your you know a, a good meditative zone regardless of any of the other stuff then it takes time to be able to have the focus cultivate the one-pointed mind and to be able to have a strong and concentrated vision you know in that space then you have to be able to when you move through that membrane and start experiencing the astral in your meditation you have to be able to sustain all those previous two things while you're trying to watch and move through the story as it unfolds yeah so it's sort of like i think people probably get to a certain place and then they get a little excited or a little freaked out or a little you know too antsy and then those first two steps fall down and then they lose the vision and they're like well fuck and yeah. it's like well it's because you know it's not just uh, you know as, as has been said you know you, you god's not gonna let you, the, you gotta just go root around the soccer drawer and get all the <laughs> secrets you know you gotta you gotta work a little bit for you, you gotta you gotta put in some discipline and some time and the results from that will come mm-hmm. you know to me like every single meditation at this point for me is not there's um it's simply a journey through the astral of a time it's like i sit yeah. down and close my eyes and within just a matter of seconds it's a full-on well you've built that bridge thing. time and time again so it's really right. easy for you to get there and and you know, for me as well, it's not as easy as for you, but it's still fairly easy. If I set the intention to go into the astral, then using imagination mm-hmm. and meditation and I'll, I'll get there. You know, it's a, there's a reliable path, but sometimes it takes longer than others. Sometimes, um, you know, I'll get stuff in my stuff in my head, a song or I had a. Uh, dodecasinoic acid just that word mm. stuck in my head for like seven hours yesterday word. until i went floating it's, it's like the word. most ridiculous thing i was like dodecasinoic acid dodecasinoic acid <laughs> i just read it because i was looking up some research on mct oil uh-huh. it's just funny things like that will happen in your brain that can actually derail you from worms just, man brain worms, worms. Brain worms will just get in there and that was mine yesterday but then you know you take a little time i went floating yesterday so i got to mm. go cruise around the astro a little bit floating is a slippery slippery though because you can easily slip into sleep where you lose the interactivity uh, yeah, i've actually never had that before i've never, never, you never fallen yeah. asleep. yesterday i was i was really tired yeah and so i was just twitching like a beast in there i was like <laughs> meditation meditation sleep twitch. <laughs> <laughs> all the white water like splashes up and i'm like shit shit you get that instant like panic feeling yeah. like, like, what the yeah. hell? You know what happens to me is that I start thinking about shit and one of those little brain worms and it's stuff that's really funny. And so I start laughing while I'm in there. <laughs> and then I start thinking about, and it's the most bizarre shit that I had never thought about before, but it just enters my brain. And I start laughing. And then I start imagining the people at the front counter hearing like cackling laughter echoing down the hallway. <laughs> and that makes me, I just picture their face like slowly moving around the corner to look down there, you know, <laughs> hesitantly, see what's going on. <laughs> and uh, I just start picturing that and it makes me laugh even more. So that's an yeah, issue. That's, <laughs> that can happen. That's, the um, la- the la- one of the last ones was I kept imagining someone like taking a shit while they were in the in the tank, and then the person to come get it ready for the next person. Like it's the moment of perceptual realization whenever they open the door and they see something in the corner floating. <laughs> like oh, what is that? Uh, oh my god! Like that that moment of like their brain cognating that thing 
is what that I started thinking about. Which is, so brutal. Yeah. Can you imagine if you got in, they didn't check it? It was hanging Dude, down in I, one of those. I can't even imagine some of the stuff that goes down in some some places. Some places, yeah. yeah. At the zero gravity where we go, everything is so well lit. Mm-hmm. You're like falling into this heaven of water. It smells like a hospital in there too, yeah. so you know it's clean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so going back to the, the meditation techniques, I think um, both of us are launching online courses. Mine is more geared... Um, towards that first book that I was writing, Go For Your Win, about finding your ideal win in life, your mission, all the tools to help you train for it, all of the resistance that you'll encounter getting there. Covers meditation a little bit as one of the tools to help Mm -hmm. you achieve what your win will ultimately be because you have to get still in order to do it. But you took meditation, which is one of your fortes, and developed that into a course as well. So, um, you know, tell us a little bit about what your kind of, strategy is with that i mean these will these will be launching sometime mid late summer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so what's that what's that course gonna kind of do and obviously you know talking about the astral that's got to be a, a significant portion of where this course is going right that's the last step yeah <laughs> so you know basically i've studied meditation for over 15 years and uh taking it you know very very disciplined practice over that time and seen the results from it but one of the things that really you know, just in life in general, but also in that discipline is looking at all of the schools of thought, all the the classical approaches to it. And, you know, I don't really like systems because if there's a system in place and rules and and things that have to be followed, to me, that means that you are blind to some things that might make more rational sense or might work better for the individual. Because given that we're all different, we all have different things work for us, you know? So what I did just intuitively, whenever I was in my early stages of learning, was I would take and try each thing, any anything from, of course, you know, um, the you know Tibetan schools, you know, kind of the Hindu approach to meditation, and even like Sufism, mysticism, any of that stuff. And I would experiment with all the different uh, modalities that they offered, and then just take the things that worked for me, and I applied it, created it all into one singular system. And so. As I started doing that, I started having sort of discoveries along the way, just personal discoveries of like, oh, well, this this works or like this thing might, you know, whatever X, Y, Z might has this effect. And so I kind of put those in my toolbox and just develop my own unique style over time. And in leading these live meditation workshops um, over the last year, I really started to I came up with a great formula to be able to do guided meditations in a way to talk about meditation that was taking away a lot of the, the mystery, a lot of the, you know, uh, any, any of the, the things that could be confusing or daunting to people. Because I think that sometimes you say meditation to someone and they're just like, oh man, I can't, you know, I can't do that. I'm, I'm too tweaked or yeah. it's, it's too unclear to me what it is. So I really and I try- think actually bad, like poor teachers, you know, they, they like that layer. Of, oh, of course. They yeah. like this. I know some secrets that you never <laughs> yeah, know, and course. I'll let you know a little bit, just enough to help yeah. you, you know, peasant along your way, totally, you know, totally. and creating this false barrier when really it doesn't need to be there. Whether you're a shaman, whether you're a meditation teacher, whether you're mm-hmm. a yoga teacher, you know, you let your just practice speak for yourself. <laughs> just the, the, the real masters, they share everything. Exactly. Because they're not yeah. worried about, they, they drop this kind of, I am the great and mm-hmm. powerful Oz kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, here's all the tools. That's hierarchical like, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're trying to, as long as I got to stay in the ace position, you yeah, know, exactly. and it's like, come on, man, we're all, you know, this is nonsense. And I actually addressed that in the course. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I was able to figure out a way to, to communicate those things, even through the guided meditations, through visual 
symbols that are some very complex and very, very deep and um, really esoteric actually practices, but I've been able to translate them into a way verbally in my guided meditations that make them very simple, very clear. And um, it, it's like, if I was like, you're doing this, you know, ancient Sufi heart opening practice that's, you know, takes blah, 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 blah. And there's all this, you know, uh, mystery around it. And, you know, no, no need to mention all that. You just have them do, we'll do this thing and this thing and visualize this. And they're getting the same effect without having to ramp up to all this like worry and tension about doing something that's old and complex and yeah. said to be difficult. So, you know, I, I put all that into the course. It's a six-week course, and I cover anything from the basics of just, uh, you know, it's, it's good for anyone that's just beginning. It's good for someone who's very, very seasoned because I took the basics. That's the first week, um, just breathing, sitting, things like that. Then I go into cultivating the witness mind, being able to observe your own thoughts and be aware of yourself outside of your body. That's such, that right there is such a valuable skill <laughs> outside of meditation. Huge. Yeah. Like, when you're able to observe your emotional state mm -hmm. and your emotional being, you know, so many arguments can be avoided. Yeah. So many missteps can you when you be like, oh, look, the monkey is getting yeah, really exactly. mad right now. You know, and, just and then viewing your own flow of intellectual yeah. thought is huge to be able yeah. to have some perspective on that, because that that thing likes to get carried away for sure. <laughs> you know, um, then I go into releasing negative emotions, things that we carry, things that are weighing us down. People are carrying all this shit around. You know, we're born these empty, clean vessels. And as we go through life, we just start packing shit away, packing shit away, packing it away. And it's one of the big things I put across in the workshops is like is that you like packing. Is, empty, I love clean packing shit away. You love, love, you love, love packing it. empty, yeah, clean okay, vessels. I know everyone loves packing <laughs> shit, but we got to <laughs> dial it back a little bit. No, you know, it's, it's one of the, the big things, especially being in Western culture. We have this idea that in order to obtain something, we have to buy it. We have to grasp it. We have to hold it. It's got to be ours. I need to have, you know, if I'm a fan of that sports person or that author or whatever, I need a signed book. I need to hold it. You know, that's mm -hmm. what makes it true, my true devotion. But it's like, no, it's the opposite of that. It's all about releasing and letting go and cultivating that internal space. So that in life, whenever shit comes at you, instead of being reflexive and just responsive, you have the space to be able to observe and, you know, think about in what's happening in real time and respond in a patient and compassionate way. Mm -hmm. So we go through that, also go through heart opening, third eye opening, um, and then go through chanting and mantras and then uh, into the astral projection and a, con a conclusion, sort of a wrap up. So, yeah. you know, one of the things that was really important to me was to distill all of this information and all these things that I have found important into a very layered and simple way. So each week you get a um, sort of a lecture with about 10 or 12 chapters of things, me talking about that subject. Then you get a 30 minute guided meditation dealing with that material. And there's a binaural beat along with that guided meditation mm -hmm. underneath it. But what I did was I, in, try, in speaking about those things in the, in the lecture portions, I tried to speak about them in a way where, um, you know, it, it's really about where you're talking about something from, the, the, your perspective and where it's coming from inside you and how that information is uh, presented. And I did it in such a way where someone can read something and they'll, they'll get an idea of the sentence. I'm sorry, they'll hear me narrating the course. They'll get an idea of what that, that might mean. But then they'll be able to come back to it after they've learned a little bit more, after the idea and other ideas have kind of created this larger picture. When they read it again, they'll go, oh, actually, that's what that means. And mm -hmm. then they'll go back you know, six months later and go, oh, actually, that's what that sentence meant. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, it's built in this way where it really grows with you and it kind of blossoms and will unfold. And it's something you can 
um, really stick with over time and yeah that's the beauty of all meditation practice is it's it's kind of compounding you, mm-hmm. these layers you unfold in in deeper and deeper understanding well like we said earlier there it goes fractal i mean yeah that's how it is just keep it will keep unfolding for infinity yeah now that's the nature of consciousness yeah you know, as, it, as it unfolds on the bleeding edge of time and the expansion of the universe and then until eventually we collapse back to the to the one mind and mm-hmm. the one perspective yep. which you know from an astrophysics perspective is called the big bang but from a metaphysical perspective is just the collapse of consciousness back to one mind mm-hmm. you know and then boom out infinite perspectives of the same mind and all of which we carry our own perspective creating the whole but unique in its own right it's just it's like everything is always breathing in and breathing out that's it it's like we're always breathing in and breathing out the universe is always breathing in and out the oceans are always going in and out trees are always blossoming and and dying and it's like we tend to everything's a cycle exactly we we look at like everything we anthropomorphize everything as humans because we are looking at it through a human instrument but you know the human consciousness is a symptom of the universe not the other way around and so the breath of the universe expanding contracting seems like a long time to us because we're looking at it from our little monkey human perspectives and <laughs> right. we're anthropomorphizing it we're saying oh well my life is this long so that thing that's longer than that is really long because it's longer than me yeah but really it's like oh, i don't think so particularly you know i think one mistake that people make when they get to that they get to this idea well well if it's like that then nothing matters mm-hmm. and it's you know you could take that stance or you could take the stance of Okay, maybe it doesn't matter all that much, mm-hmm. but what's the point of all this? Exactly. The point of all this is to fucking have a blast. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's get the most out of this mm-hmm. life. Let's enjoy it absolutely to the fullest. Get rid of all of the unnecessary trauma and the poison pills that we swallow and create ourselves and all of the self-limiting thoughts and beliefs and anguishes that we have and just play the game. Mm-hmm. You know, play this badass video game that collectively we all get to be a part of with challenges equal to our greatest effort and opponents worthy of our best of our best battle whether they're internal or external and all of the pleasures i mean just simply walking into a whole foods you know how many pleasures there are mm-hmm. all of the foods and beverages and intoxicants and supplements and hot people that you can sniff and bang <clears throat> yeah. and whatever, whatever whatever else <laughs> it's like literally it's like it's like this cornucopia of yeah. all of these pleasures available but we just go in and oh man we just gotta go to whole foods today yeah you're it's like, what you're in line like, you know, like where's my fucking latte <laughs> yeah. Jesus. yeah it's just so many different different ways that we can enjoy and interact with this experience exactly. and that's that makes it worth it. You know, you don't need anything greater than that. It's like, it's worth it because it's awesome. Yeah. Like the game is awesome. I, I get to ask that question with some regularity, actually. So, all right, I understand that, you know, we, we're a part of this huge cosmic equation and, that, you know, well, so why, why would I do right? Or why would I try to do anything? I get that frequently. And it's, I have the same exact same response. You know, it's like, look, I think that in this journey of undoing the self, you come to that crossroads. If, if you if you continue on it for very long, you will approach that crossroads. I did, yep. And it's like, you know, you get to this, and that, that was my point of existential paralysis, where I was like, ah, I'm, in, I'm a consciousness <laughs> vibrating in a meat suit, stuck to a planet, floating in the middle of the universe, ah, you know. And that was a couple of years, you know. And it's like, well, I love the Gandhi quote where he says, "Everything you do is meaningless, but it's important that you do it." Yeah, you know. And and it really is. You get to that point, and you go, "Well, you could do anything." However, that is when you get to choose which road you want to go down and i you know we could have an entire podcast about free will but 
I always say it's you get to choose your choices. And that's whenever you can choose which choice of yours that you want. And in that moment, if you listen to your intuition and you listen to the true heart, mind, nature, you'll get the path that you need to to walk down. Yeah. You know, no doubt. I think that's and understand what your what your mission is, mm -hmm. you know, what what it is that you're here to do. I think that's and that's a lot of what my course is yeah, talking about yeah. is like finding that guide star like that's you don't need too many guide stars you know everything else is choice and intuition and play and fun and and all of that but you need a few you need to understand like totally. what you know we're all forces we're these forces of life that are that are embodied by these bits of matter and mm -hmm. parts of the earth but we're a force and a force has a has an effect you know and that's so what effect do we want our force to have and that i'm just understanding that fundamental question even if it's broad, really helps you align everything else. Well, my force is here to enjoy the experience to the fullest and help others enjoy the experience to the fullest. You can I sum that up by para el bien de todos. Mm -hmm. Like that's the top part of the guide star. So then everything else kind of fits under that. Well, what's the next layer? Like what am I specifically going yeah. to do that's going to make the most fun for me and help everybody else achieve the most enjoyment for them? Well, this is what my skill set is particularly apt to. And then you start to discover your vocation, like yeah. what you're called to do, your mission in action, like how you can translate, you know, what your goal is into, into embodiment. Yeah. And then all of the other things that you need to do to, to fulfill that. Like maybe there's a separate occupation that you need to have as a bridge until you can make money from your vocation mm -hmm. to survive because mm -hmm. we Absolutely. have human needs. And then what are your separate passions that you want to cultivate that make the experience particularly pleasurable for you? Maybe it's spear fishing. Who knows? Yeah. You know, like what are these other things? And then what are the connections you have with your fellow people? And then what's your overall vibration, which is the totality of all of these things together, which is like the frequency that everybody carries. And when these things are misaligned, you'll notice that it's like an instrument out of tune uh -huh. as soon as you're around them. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, there's something unreconciled. There's some frequency that's off because they haven't aligned these things so it's almost like tuning your consciousness tuning your human instrument it's, it's absolutely and like that. and that's you know that's really such a key part and it's it's not about the destination it's mm -hmm. not about we're told all of these games <clears throat> that we're supposed to play the get this much money get these many social yeah. media likes have this <laughs> you know family with these two kids and this marriage that looks like this and all of these different things but those games don't necessarily equate to happiness. Maybe for some people they do, but for a lot of the world they don't. So you have to figure out what your own games are, like mm -hmm. what your own win is, and that has to align to your mission. And just discard all of this other random information and momentum that's pressing down on us and making us chase these unwinnable games. You know, yeah. saying that if you achieve this material level, you're going to be happy. It's nonsense. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. I mean, you think back to whenever we were. In Peru, you know, after one of the ceremonies where my mainframe was was over was was fried. Oh yeah, you, know, you went scrambling up. Yeah, scrambling up the, yeah, we'll up the to Give you a little, a little update on what what had happened. You know, one of the things that comes back to me frequently, and it, it just did when you were talking about that, is that I understood it at the time, but it continues to unfold to me how literal that answer was whenever I was looking at the source of the universe and this you know, infinite river of neon mandalas that was flowing. It's like these are all lines of this code you know, that are dispatched down the bodies and then whenever people die, the code goes back and it's like, it's and I was like, well, what is the point of this flowing river of 
of, you know, of mandalas like in the dispatching and the return thing and they were like it's the perfection of harmonic cosmic infinity and that that idea continues to make more and more sense to me mm-hmm. and it is exactly what you were just saying it's like the point of all of this stuff everything we're doing finding your vocation you know all the all the things you were just talking about it, in in a that that is one piece of increasing this perfection this harmonic energetic perfection yeah. and if as many people as possible can do that the collective harmonic frequency will become stronger because when sure. we're looking for concord you know it's like whenever the frequencies are flowing together they give each other more energy yeah and if everybody plays their pure note right their, their purest <clears throat> note with the highest vibration and the highest intensity and the and the cleanest sound because exactly. the instrument is tuned it's the most beautiful sound that you can make it's yeah. that expression of laughter love joy pain yeah. sadness sorrow but everything real numbness gone all of the vibrancy all of the colors but that purest sound and if we can vibrate at that sound and everybody vibrates at that sound the collective sound of that is god is exactly. this is weird. It's like um, am i saying this right now it's like so, it's just some weird role for us so my new course go for your win uh, I, yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've thought about it that i've thought about it that way obviously myself as well like it's and even envision myself that my ultimate goal is to resonate with such a clear sound. You know, like you're just playing that instrument where it's a flute or something like that, yeah. where where the wood is just vibrating at that, like the optimal pitch and tone mm-hmm. to make the purest, cleanest sound that it can possibly make. And And I've envisioned that, and I've envisioned that for myself in multiple ceremonies, multiple different ways. And it's like my scream, I mm-hmm. call it. And it's the purest scream that just comes from the heart. And it bursts out in infinite light. And at that moment, if I can get to that pure that pure note, I, I envisioned all of the world just for a second looking like, damn, what was that sound? Yeah. You know, like the whole, just totally. for a minute. And it just, and that's, that's my mission. You know, there'll be many others who are making those sounds. We're all making those sounds at a time, but... Me specifically is to get to that point where I can resonate at that note, you know, for, for however long, I don't know, maybe a second, maybe it's one book, maybe it's one message that comes across that, that everybody can just, and not obviously everybody, but a great number of people can just look and be like, oh, damn, mm-hmm. like that was, that was something, that note, yeah. you know, that was, there was some real, real shit in there, for some, sure. some deep truth. For sure. And, yeah. Uh, I, I get obsessed with brass per- percussion for a while, <laughs> yeah. for a couple of years because Chinese, it's, it's, you're talking about that pure note, you know, like mm-hmm. Chinese bells, Tibetan bells, Tibetan singing bowls, gongs. I was like obsessed with that because that v- same exact experience, I was like, purity. You know, like that's <laughs> right. it. That's it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's an awesome idea. I think it's very obtainable. And I, you know, I looked over the stuff in your course a little bit, uh, you know, with CT and it, mm-hmm. it's looking sick, man. I think that that, you know, that's one of the things that I feel like is not addressed a lot, you know, from what I could um, see or what your course is dealing with Yeah, is, and it's one of perhaps the most rampant problems. It's, it's a rampant problem that people don't even know they have a lot of times mm-hmm. because it's trying to figure out like, okay, who am I? Yeah. And what am I going to do? Like what, <laughs> right. what am I going to do? Right. You know, because that's so many people go through life and they're, well, you know, they kind of, you, you sort of have to in a lot of ways. You, you go to school, you get a job, you get your own place, maybe you went to college, and then 
okay, well, that was just a lot of distraction. And now what? You know, who are you now? What do you want to, what do you want to make? Yeah, the emptiness starts to creep in because you don't really know what your mission, what am I, what am I doing this for? Why? Where, what, what has caused me to make these choices? Where do I want to go? All of these things. And, you know, people then start to turn to distraction and intoxication and all of these, well, maybe we need more dogs and more kids. (laughs) (laughs) Like that'll fix it, you know, but then that'll, that momentum and excitement of that works for a little while. And then. It doesn't work anymore. It just calcifies all yeah. the time. And then it's like, well, now I'm too, I'm too you know, weighed down to do any of this stuff. And you can kind of rationalize it out. So in, in your course, what do you, what's kind of the foundation of helping people define who they are and, and figuring out what they can do you know, to fulfill Yeah, that? that's a, I mean, that's an important aspect of it. And there's layers. There's just layers that you have to slough off. You know, like you have to it's there inside of us. Like the instrument that plays that perfect note is there. It's not a matter of addition. It's a matter of Mm -hmm. subtraction. You know, Mm -hmm. the kid, a child at play is playing that perfect note, that sweet, perfect note. And then trauma forms them in such a way. It's like a dent in a trombone or something like that, you know? So the air flows a little funky and then all of these things happen that we end up getting these beat up instruments. Some are cracked, some are leaky, some are whatever. And so it's, but really all we have to do is remove the external pressure and it's like memory foam Mm -hmm. instruments, you know, it'll all come back to the perfect form. So a lot of it is about removing all of these ideas that have been implanted, these fears that you have so that we can, you know, these things that are distracting our consciousness, just pulling these pieces away so that we can, you know, form the shape that we are ultimately, that we ultimately are without the pressures. So a lot of different mental exercises to help people get that. And then just, just thinking about it. I mean, awareness is always the, the first step in whatever you're trying to do. You want to, you know, quit being an asshole. The first step is being aware that you're an asshole, like without that awareness. So the first step is being aware that, all right, I would be happiest if I understood my mission. Like I get that. Like I understand that I need to go towards my win. What does my win look like? And just that awareness itself starts to form this kind of the the anchor point that you know where you are now and then you know where you're going. And then all of the rest of the course is about how to slough off all the rest of the things, add some different awarenesses and get you towards, you know, get you on a, a vessel that's streamlined towards that towards that goal and it's not a goal you'll ever reach the goal is the process the goal is just knowing where you're going and knowing what you're doing it's not about actually winning going for your win is winning you know that's it's all process but once you're on that path there's nothing that feels better you know because you know what you're what you're there for and i think it's one of the reasons why you know i talk about surrogate wins you know and things that have come up and other times where society has presented us with a clear mission like you know a soldier in in world war ii for example you know clearly the nazis were assholes and there's a pretty good reason to fight them right like it's one of like the last noble wars as far as you know heinous and terrible but at least if you're a soldier in that war you know what you're doing is right and you know you have a mission we're here to protect my brothers and sisters protect america back home and kill nazis yeah you know and it still is, it gets a little weird because it's course. killing you're and killing, whatever yeah, killing strangers. It's still still killing strangers but nonetheless it's like it was a clear mission you know and i think so when you have a clear mission you know even the people coming back like it suits the human much better mm-hmm. even though war is obviously always hell it suits the human to have this clear mission like oh this is what i'm here or if it could be put it in the civil rights analogy you know if you're in 
a disciple of Martin Luther King and you're fighting for, you know, rights, equal rights, or if you're in women's suffrage movement, you're fighting for the women's right to vote, or you have this clear mission, it's easy. You can kind of jump on board with another societal mission. But now in our society, there's some causes that are good, some environmental causes and some other things, but there's not as many clear external right. things that we can really channel everything into and have it really be true without it being like a little bit douchey. Like yeah. people take like veganism as their mission, you yeah. know, and, and it gets a little weird or take, it's uh, all, it's take like, bodybuilding as their yeah, mission. And yeah. It gets a little weird, whatever, both yeah. sides of the spectrum, you know, because it's not a real true, true calling that, right. that we need. It's a form of self-identification. Yeah, exactly. So it's an attachment and rather than following their genuine vocation, but, um, but yeah, so just trying to find, you know, set that endpoint, remove all of the obstacles and things in the mind that, that are preventing that. Understanding where resistance is going to come from. This is a huge one. You know, where the, where the demons are lurking. Yeah. Your own fears <laughs> and delusions. Yeah, they're all inside, they're all right? inside. It's all inside. Everybody projects these demons like these possession forces are coming in from the external. Yeah. It's all just your own, own internal all, shit coming always. up. It's always, always your internal stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that, that's... That's huge, man. You know, that, that being able to pull everything away. You know, it's like, it, it's the exact same with the meditation. Yeah. The answer is always remove everything and truth is revealed. Yeah. The truth is waiting there. It's just covered in, in tons and tons of shit. Yeah. And you have to hack away at it until you get down to it. Then you can just, it's revealed to you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I had someone, I had a really close friend tell me today, well, you can't teach someone to love someone. I was like, yeah but no because really love is within us all mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be taught so all you have to do is remove the delusion that is preventing you from loving that other person like it's only delusion that's subverting that natural force of love that we all have so right. it's not a matter of adding love i have to teach you love no no, no. i just have to remove the delusion that's preventing you from your natural state you know so it's it's an interesting way to look at it because we look at building skills like if I want to become a better basketball player, I add dribbling skills, I yeah. add shooting skills because innately I'm not a great basketball right, player. Right. I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a piece of clay that we're molding by adding and, and adding these different knowledge pieces mm -hmm. and different skill pieces. But with the fundamental stuff, you know, it's all about removing, it's just right. about removing the other shit. Right. And so frequently people who you say, oh, this person can't love and you can't teach them to love. It's like, well, it's because you're looking at it, you know, um, obtusely. It's that they need to be often shown love mm -hmm. to feel comfortable enough to allow their love to out to come out. Because quite frequently, perhaps almost in all cases, someone who has a hard time showing that that type of thing or, or allowing their emotional center to access the world outside of themselves is because they, there was such an acute injury at some point that they put up this defense system, which keeps that 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 emotional center armored and inaccessible because that way when they move through the world yeah they can't get anything out but nothing else can get in because the thing that is in there is so tender and is so vulnerable that it's easier for them to go to a place of refuge almost going to sleep in a cave yeah as opposed to dealing with how intense it is to come to the world with that level of sensitivity yeah. so showing that person you know uh compassion and patience and love and presenting the the energy forced to them to let them know that it's okay to open that up is often you know how you get that to blossom and that's what like people that are assholes or they're just unpleasant you know uh you know grumble pants type of people in general it's like if you look at this this thing 
I've been looking at people, you know, thinking about people as like these pieces of, of live art almost. So, you know, every person is experiencing a subjective universe. Obviously, they've got this, you know, the world outside of their skin. They're taking this reading. It's going into their nervous system, abstracting their consciousness. And in the relative singular bubble reality that they're experiencing of their own subjectivity, they're externalizing that back out to the objectivity. And that is their their personality, their identity, et cetera, et cetera. So if you look at someone, you can actually just see them as this fountain of them describing their subjective universe and their quote unquote world to you through their actions, through how they're feeling and through what they're doing. Yeah. So every person is just this this slow motion geyser of them informing you what their universe is like. Right. So if you see someone who's acting you know, unpleasant or they've got this armored or negative personality, it's like their whole reality, their subjective world that's what it seems like to them. Mm -hmm. The world is an angry, dry, aggressive place. And I think that in, in order to make those people, to, or to help them you know, wake up and to come out of that, they have to be shown trust and this level of compassion and patience and honesty and openness to allow them to show that part of the character within themselves. Because in their universe, it's so scary that they have to stay armored up and they have to stay uh, you know aggressive you know aggressiveness almost always is an act of offensive defense yeah you know, they're keeping things sure. arm's length so if you can just show that let him feel that comfortableness but hey man you know i'm just open chilling not judging whatever people will really you can make someone wake up like that yeah yeah no doubt i, I had an image um when i was in ceremony recently of um that people are like a like a molten core. Imagine people like a molten core of chocolate, right? <laughs> and the own love inside you keeps you molten and fluid, and everything's fluid in your shape. Kind of like the the dude from Terminator Two, but mm -hmm. instead of metal, we're imagining chocolate, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so you're this molten chocolate being cruising through molten chocolate, sharing each other's chocolate. You know, everything's everything's all good. And then at a certain point, when non when you encounter non love in any form non-love is like this cold blast of air right and that mm -hmm. it hits you and then you solidify and you solidify bracing bracing for that impact from that cold blast of air right so you're flinching and you get stuck in that flinch right and only if you have enough strong internal self-love you'll re-molten that that mm -hmm. chocolate that that got firm from the cold air the cold icy blast it was just like the t2000 over you got frozen <laughs> yeah exactly when he got frozen and shattered yeah and you get too brittle then yeah. you will shatter yeah like sure. if you you know so so that's what allows you to be fluid is and if you have that enough but some people you know that starts to diminish that light that molten core the the heat under the lava the yeah. chocolate fondue fountain yeah. you know starts to diminish and yeah. then you know they get stuck and then more and then they get cramped in this weird position which is again to use the instrument analogy an mm -hmm. instrument that's not playing the pure note and it's not expressing themselves fully so you encounter that the only way to get them back to their more molten core is to share yours mm -hmm. which is your love mm -hmm. you know so you pour your love upon them and then that that candy shell starts to melt a little bit <laughs> yeah. and they start to get back to fluid and then you start to you know, help them revive their own molten core because you can't just do it to them. You know, you can do it once, but as soon as you leave, you know, then they're going to go back to their mm -hmm. crunchy shell. And that's a lot of problems in relationships. Somebody with a nice molten core will find some crunchy piece of chocolate and be like, <laughs> yeah. I will fix you. And then they yeah. feel a little bit looser. But as soon as they leave, you know, they go back to crunchy because it never developed on their own. They right. use somebody else's molten core. So, 
you know, I think that's a really good way to look at it, that, that there is no other way. No other icy blasts are going to teach them. No other mm-hmm. corrective things, no berating them, no judging them, nothing. Only love is going to remelt that chocolate. It's the absolute only thing that's going to remelt it and get them back to it. And that's the only thing that we can do is help them remelt it and then show them the way to ignite their own fire inside. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's a really great analogy. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. I dig it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I dig it, man. It, sometimes when you're tripping balls, <laughs> the, the analogies <laughs> work, and sometimes they don't. But yeah. molten chocolate people, like, I guess we'll keep that one. It's like, uh, is that post? It's right there. It is right there. <laughs> that, that chair is right there. Yeah, those analogies aren't as, aren't as enlightening. Mm. I mean, unless you, actually they are, but you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> that thing is right there. <laughs> There's no question about it. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, speaking of, of melting your cores, another little thing that we dropped just recently yeah. is the volume two. Some beats. Binaural beats. Sick. Yeah. And they are all core melters. They're all core melters. Before. They melt your ear holes <laughs> into liquidy, dewy chocolate. Yeah, you know, it was, it was awesome. We dropped the first one just sort of as a test, really. Yeah. It was like, man, let's put this out there. and People are digging them, man. I, I'm, still, I'm still such an earth peace guy. It's my jam. It's like it's, it's patterned itself into my brain where mm-hmm. it's like now I, I'd listen to that and it's I'm just – instantly in it not instantly it takes a couple minutes still but like three five minutes i mean i'm deep like deep in this theta state kind of rejuvenating meditative that borderline between awake and asleep that's awesome and uh it's been such a huge help in my life for those of you who don't know what we're talking about it's uh, a form of brainwave entrainment where you send these auditory signals in through your brain um, that help the neurons fire at certain pacing levels and um, some interesting research behind it, some interesting science behind it. And, um, but it's a really fairly simple process, actually, of just training your neurons to follow at a certain, mm-hmm. at a certain level by using auditory signals. And it uh, really works great for me and works great for a lot of people to do it. I know I've been hanging with a lot of NHL guys, and um, all of them are into the binaural beats. Like after a hockey game, yeah. you know, they get back on the plane because they got 82 games in a season. Yeah. They got on the plane and mm-hmm. almost everyone I know, it's just seemed like it's gone around the league. So everybody's aware of it. it me you know, out they put those things yeah. on and they're just chilling. <laughs> when you told me that they were the you know, dudes in the Blackhawks were using them during the Stanley Cup, I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, so cool, man. Yeah, it's rad. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just a great tool to have. I, I liken it to dry floating. Right. You know, like it, <laughs> I love that. It very much feels like I'm yeah. going to the float tank, but I'm just dry. It's the old dry float, man. <laughs> the old dry float. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean... And I was able to complexify that process of, uh, you know, the normal mechanistic binaural beats to make them uh, very, very acute in narrative and their nature and really, you know, uh, get some interesting effects going. And and we had such a huge response from the first volume. I was pretty, it was like a tidal wave came in after we released those. And and, uh, a lot of the feedback that we got was, People were like, you know, I love these, but in the in the first volume, there's only one track that was made intentionally for focus, right? You know, and everybody seemed to want some for focus and flow state. So, yep. made a volume two. We listened, and that's the flow pack. Yeah, it's all four tracks. 
different different types of flow state and the, and the beautiful thing is you're a musician you know you're a composer mm -hmm. so you know even if you don't if you're like yeah binaurals whatever it's dope music yeah, you know? yeah it's like yeah. a 30 it's a five dollar 30 minute track of dope music totally and you know has some other layered shit in there that may click with your brain may not right. but for a lot of people myself included it it definitely clicks you know so you know, worst case dope music best case yeah. dope music plus this you know layered mechanism that really just helps get your brain in the right um in the right state yeah it's amazing the stories i get like i have just email box full of emails that people have hit me up with their little personal journeys and stories like people say oh you know my my wife is doing a, a master's degree and we also just had a kid and she's working a full-time job so she's like so you know escalated all day long and then tries to get home and tries to sleep and she could not sleep and so i passed her off one of the tracks um, and it's the only way she sleeps now. So thank you for, you know, getting it to, you know, where yeah, it's huge that, you know, I mean, that just one out of so many, or a guy that's a professional poker player that hit me up and was like, man, I just was listening to this, you know, uh, one of these flow tracks and I just won one of the biggest tournaments of the year. Thank Did you so much. Did fucking send you a tip or yeah, what? Right. No, 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 no. <laughs> like you should have just given him that little cash app. Yeah. Like, <laughs> totally. Like Corey yeah. Allen is requesting $10,000. Right. <laughs> I'm just happy that he, you know, yeah. that he got no, that's it. That's awesome. You know? So yeah, there's been... Uh, so many amazing things. So it's awesome. It's it's really helping people. And and I have a lot of artists actually uh, hit me up and say, man, I this I let this w one dude, uh, Rob. You know, he's emails me all the time. He's like, I'm still listening to Temple Stillness while I paint. Like every you know, I paint yeah, every yeah, single yeah. day, and that's like my painting track now. Yeah. So it's cool. Which you know, which ones get people into to different states and. Yeah, it's and, funny. Like I mean, I definitely listened to some of the other ones, but now. You know, I know, I know what Earth Peace is gonna mm -hmm. do. Like that's my jam. Yeah, I'm gonna get in that one, and I know in 30 minutes I'm gonna pop up. My mouth's gonna be dry. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> I'm gonna be refreshed. I have that effect on people. <laughs> you know, one of the uh, cotton mouth, uh, I mean, yeah. the cotton mouth eagle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, um, one of the interesting things where where that segment is that actually I did a a project for a school in Chicago, and so I created a binaural beat for the school. And it's kids that are in kindergarten to eighth grade. So I did that and I made three guided meditations, one for each grade band. So kind of kindergartens mm -hmm. to second graders, third graders to fifth graders, sixth graders, eighth graders. And so they were listening to them each morning before school on headphones. So my guided meditation with a spinal beat. And then they moved it recently to the gymnasium. So they get all the kids from the school in there and then over a PA, they play the binaural beat and my guided meditation every morning. No way. It's really trippy, isn't it? Whoa. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's just wonderful. And, and to be able to think that, you know, those little kids to imprint those little kindergartners, first, second, third graders yeah. at that young age to be, you know, at the end of the guided meditations, I'll be like, you know, and remember these things. Some of you feel trouble, you feel some worry in your life, you know, you bring it back to your breath. You just take a couple of deep breaths and, you know, kind of reset. And if any of those stick with any of those kids, you know, moving forward, I mean, talk about a huge achievement. You know, it's really powerful to Speaking me. Speaking of school, man, it's just so weird the things that are taught and not taught. You know, like essential skills. Like, okay, you're feeling overwhelmed. Breathe deeply. Yeah. Like breathing techniques. Yeah. And like different ways of thinking and different ways to interact with your body. Like none of that's taught. We're just so busy worrying about multiple choices and random facts and yeah. all of this nonsense. Like how about we learn the human operating manual of how to like get by in this thing 
without it totally going to shit, how to handle social pressures and how to handle like your own emotional state and how to handle, you know, hormonal imbalances, you know, that are creating emotions, how to become the witness mind, all of these essential things that are non-religious. They're non, they're just skills that humans need to pick up. Yeah. But it's severely lacking. It's really odd that we've created a system that just ignores some of the real basics about what how to be a happy human yeah i mean i think it's a pretty typically american thing in a lot of ways like the school system at least whenever i was in it it, and it still continues to seem to be this way it was not about really even learning so much it wasn't about developing as a person it was more about there were a lot of committees which mandated and agreed upon like this curriculum and it's like okay and then this amount of dollars went to that curriculum and it doesn't even really matter what it was but it's like okay we got these boxes to check we're going to deploy that and then that thing is it's super stringent and that's it and it's sort of just this you know it's a very vain process mm. in my my mind it's this intellectually vain thing where they're like you're not really learning shit you're just like going through this system it's almost like a daycare more than anything. Yeah. You're being socialized in some weird way, but that's about it. You know, I mean, whenever I was in school, I, you know, just didn't really care. I was always inter- more interested in reading everything that interested me. And I taught myself, you know, everything, you know, that I was interested in as opposed to anything in school. And it's a real shame that, you know, like you're saying, that there aren't some basic fucking human, you know, function things that are yeah. taught. Do you watch the documentary Who to Invade Next? No, it's worth it's worth watching because what's interesting, we're at this time now where information is available. Like they went through and they took the number one and the country escapes me, but they took the number one educational ranked educational uh, country in the world where the the highest quality of education. I don't know what metrics they use for that, but Mm -hmm. whatever they you know, U.S. is somewhere in the 20 to 30 range. Probably like Scandinavia. Yeah, something something in (laughs) something in, in that kind of region. I don't know if it was. In Scandinavia, if it was in actually, it might have been like Latvia or something, mm-hmm. something oh, interesting. interesting like that. But what they figured out was that um, most of the countries, like U.S. and Japan and these things, were far overworking the brain. Mm-hmm. Like the brain only has a capacity for so much expansion at a given point. Right. So they shorten the amount of time you're in school. They completely got rid of homework, and so you have a very focused four hours of interesting learning. You know, and the rest is play because right. that's like basically what the brain can handle. And anything more, you're like trading off. You're like basically overtraining exactly. the brain. It's you co- know, and like we get that and we get that in fitness. You know, like oh yeah, you're overtraining. That's going to be detrimental. Your body's going to start to break down. You're not going to get stronger. You're actually going to get weaker. But in in learning, you know, we haven't got that concept. Mm-hmm. So we're basically overtraining everybody to a certain degree, and and the effects are, you know, it's not working out. But we so we have this data from this whole country that's doing this and just crushing it. And we're just looking at it like, hmm, yeah, it's weird. It's work. They're dominating. Everybody's happy. Everything's good. But we're going to not do it. Right. You know, it's like that could exist. You know, we're just in a weird time where there's truth available, but we haven't adapted it. Like Portugal and the decriminalization of Mm -hmm. drugs is another one they go like drug use is down. Like the prisons are less full. The society's less happy. There's fewer accidents. Like everything is there. But yet. The rest of the world's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we should do that. Like the data's there. Same with Colorado right. and weed. Like yeah. every metric is positive. And the world's like, yeah, I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. You know? 
just an odd time. We're in this interesting transition where now information can spread and we have proof of concept of systems that could dramatically improve the world, but we're not there yet because we're stubborn and we're slow to respond totally. and we're stuck in our ways and there's people defending the other thing and they're full of their own fear and they're crushed in their That's candy it. shell yeah. and yeah. you know they don't want to they <laughs> don't want to motherfuckers. But I think it'll be this will be the most transformative time in human history now because information and consciousness is expanding rapidly and consciousness has expanded before but information couldn't travel mm-hmm. as rapidly now information is instant ubiquitous and consciousness is expanding again and so i think it's going to be a wild fucking time that that we're going to see in the next 20 years as we reconcile with the truth and create better systems absolutely yeah i mean it's everything always moves at such a glacial pace you know, yeah because of all that stuff you're talking about the fear and also just the money involved and then the jobs involved are like, well, you know, we could change this, but we have this board of people who it's or this this whole department, you know, that is uh, 1000 jobs. That if we change that thing, then all these people get fired. Yeah, and right. so we have to keep them employed somehow or else that looks bad. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff like that. But, you know, what interests me <laughs> is I always love the like response to whatever the is the overarching uh, theme of society there's always this like under this uh, undercurrent of, of things that's happening so you look at like uh, the, the great examples like in japan you know culture being really really structured really really stringent and and all that stuff so the, the, then the response to that when they're off work is that they're like partying going crazy artists are just like completely out of their fucking mind <laughs> you know they're like oh i bite a knife and swing a chain around my neck and bleed all over a canvas for an hour my art or whatever and so I, I was like thinking about like whenever how, how that will shift whenever over time hopefully you know as our society changes and evolves like what will the dynamic polarity of our culture grow to be mm-hmm yeah, it's interesting to think about it. I mean, it does create this kind of beautiful, expressive response of this form of resistance creating these weird diamonds, mm-hmm. you know, around. It's like Austin. Yeah. Austin is <laughs> yeah. the diamond formed in, you know, in, in the in midst the of, Texas. of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> interesting stuff, man. Well, Corey, my man, the golden red eagle. That's right. The red fire eagle. Mm-hmm. The man. <laughs> uh, it's good to have you by, brother. Dude. It's great to be here. Thank you always, so much. Always a pleasure catching up with you, man. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in to another AMP. And uh, we'll be back again soon. I don't know when, but sometime. That's right. That's right. Sounds and again, just follow on social media. These courses will drop sometime in the summer. Um, beats are already out, right? Beats are already out. And uh, release into now is where you can go get a little, you can sign up for the course and then they'll email you whenever it launches. Beautiful. Boom. Much love, everybody. Thanks. Peace. Bye. I'd like to acknowledge the company that is the expression of so many things I love, onnit.com, O-N-N-I-T.com, and also wearspace.com with two S's, putting out some really dope clothes and supporting my favorite charities. Lastly, please check out my blog, aubreymarcus.com, for the latest in all the ventures happening in my world. If you enjoyed the podcast, tell a friend, leave a review, and let's make this positivity contagious. Thanks for tuning in.